This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! We're passing it round the back. 
Aubameyang, we sacked 50 staff to pay for your new contract, and what do you do? Nothing! But the plane just ain't on you. Arteta, you have got to go. I'll back you, I'll back you till the cows come home, but now is enough. Five points off the relegation zone. Losing to Burnley. Burnley! Take it in. I'm sick of it. I've had enough. I have had enough. I've had it up to here. It's got to go. Shaka, you've got to go. I'm absolutely sick of this club. I'm done. Finished. Good evening, fellow Fox fans. Well, do you remember that? <laughs> Not a happy Arsenal fan. Um, he needs to calm down a little bit, doesn't he? And in his honour, I'm wearing all claret just to remind him of Burnley or purple in whatever you want to call it. But uh, let's hope he's calmed down a bit for tomorrow. We got the chance to do the double. Good evening. It is Leicester Till I Die TV. You are watching the preview show and you can get us live on Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, the group, um, Periscope and Twitter at Leicester TID. And you can also get us live on YouTube at Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you are watching on YouTube, or even if you're not, get onto the channel now and please, please give us a subscribe. We would be ever so slightly grateful. If not, I might have to have a little rant like he did. <laughs> not really. And afterwards, if you want to catch us up and listen to us rather than look at the beautiful side that is me and Craig, you can catch us on podcasts. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google, and all good podcast platforms. It is a case of Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. It is a case of Arsenal on Sunday. I know we've got um, Prague tomorrow night. We did the preview for that last night. Can't get rid of me. We've got Arsenal coming up. Let us know your thoughts on that game. We could do the double, the first double of the season. It is third versus fifth. Seventh, ninth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there they are. Arsenal down there in 10th place. One of the big six, eh? Whoever said that. Let's welcome him in talking about the big six. Oh, yeah, he'll kill me for that. <laughs> He's my chap chum, Craig. He does the preview show with me. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everybody. I've got a, a big six pack, um, <laughs> bigger than it should be. I think it's more like a, more like a barrel. I have to position the camera just so it doesn't quite show my moves off. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, I think we're all grateful for that, Chris. Well, you know, I I do look after you guys. I do look after you. Um, yet Arsenal at the weekend. That chappy wasn't very happy in the midweek. I'm guessing he hasn't really calmed down since. Uh, I fancy us for this. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's every reason to. I mean, we've got to be, you know, in our position, you've got to be looking to beat the uh, the sort of mid-table clubs, and um, that's where Arsenal find themselves. You know, the fact that I was saying this uh, just a couple of days ago that the fact that we're 15 points clear of Arsenal at this stage of the season is, you know, ridiculous almost. You know, I don't know how whether it shows how much they've fallen or how well we've uh, progressed, but we've definitely progressed and. And they've definitely fallen. But I think the signs that Arteta's getting it back, um, they're starting to pick up. I think he's decided which way he's going now. You know, he's promoting the youth. So it might be a tougher tougher game, but uh, still one I think we should prevail in. And is it 
do you think, I mean, it's hard to say, and, and they're not even our team, but it's how much patience they've got as, as, as a board of directors with Arteta. I mean, he was the one they wanted. They brought him yeah. in with no experience, in fairness. I mean, you know, when I'm thinking of Chelsea and, and Lampard, at least he'd had some top job experience. The, and Arsenal, they're not really a sacking club as such, are they? No, they're not really, are they? I mean, um, Wenger, Wenger went on his own terms in the end. And, you know, I think they got Arteta because they couldn't get Pep Guardiola. They never would be able to get Pep. Um, but they, they, they basically went for Pep light uh, and thought that, you know, Arteta, Arteta was going to bring all of that philosophy with him. And, and he may well do, but, you know, he's got to be his own man as well and, and have his own ideas. Uh, but I think it's it just shows you that... you. No, there's no time in the Premier League now. You know, you've got to be in the in the top six for a club like Arsenal. They will believe they've got to be in the top four because mm. um, you know players want to play in the Champions League. You know, so if you're going to attract not only attract but also keep the top players, same way as we've got to now, then you've got to be playing in the Champions League. So it must be a worry for the fans. You know, it must be a worry for the board. And and I think. You know, that, that he'll need to show some kind of improvement and at least be getting on the coattails of the top six to try and secure some European football. Um, otherwise, he could be in, in trouble in the summer. Well, I mean, we all know. I mean, I, I mean, West Brom hardly, you know, had hardly come up before they swapped the manager. Um, Sheffield United, fair dues, they are sticking by Chris Wilder, as Fulham appeared to be doing with, with Scott Parker. We know from our own history, you know, you, you win the Premier League 18, <laughs> less than a year later, you're, you're, you're out the door. It, it's, yeah. you know, we, we've got to sort of appreciate, I think, where we are at the moment. And I don't think we're punching above our weights. I mean, you know, you're, you're saying, you know, would, if, you know, if it was a, a decent Arsenal team of years ago, same with Spurs, same with Chelsea. But the fact of the matter is, they are not. We are where we are no. on merit. And, you know, it, it's for us or any team to break into the top six, one of the top six has to drop out for whatever reason that is. It was interesting. There was a, there was a piece published on The Athletic today. Um, I've not read it all because um, I'm a cheapskate and I refuse to pay. But <laughs> the essence of the, uh, the, essence of the article the was... All right. The essence of the article was, is the is the big six now a big ten? And uh, it was interesting to see the comments on the back of that. Uh, you know, people were saying that it's it's not about where you are. It's, you know, you've got a top six at the minute. You know, that's not necessarily the big six. So it's more about the power and the history. But a lot of the comments were saying, because they talked about um, with the traditional six, now are... West Ham, Everton and Leicester here for the long term. And most of the people, if they if they mentioned any club, apart from laughing at Arsenal, as a lot of people would like to do on Twitter, they were saying that only Leicester deserve to be mentioned in that, uh, in that rank at the moment. So clearly we're doing something right that's being noticed by opposition fans as well. I think the fact that we were so close last year and we've backed it up this year... Um, makes people sit up and take a little bit of notice that we are going in the right direction. Um, so it, it's nice to be thought of that. 
top six. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, still wouldn't necessarily call us a big six, uh, but I don't like that that term anyway. To be honest, you know, clubs and it's cyclical. There are there are four big clubs possibly with yeah. the with the money. Uh, um, you know, the two Manchester's, Chelsea and, and Liverpool, and even Liverpool. I'm not sure how much money they've got to spend, but I think um, Rani Ola, I think his name was the, um, the 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 agent of Haaland was talking about. Um, who could afford him? Um, and he was saying there's only four clubs in in uh, the ten clubs in the world, four of which are in the Premier League. So he must be talking about those four. I don't think he was talking about Leicester. So there there's a, still a gap. Yeah, and there is know. a big difference between big and top, like you say. Yeah. Um, what I mean, I, I, I had a bit of a, I was drawn into a bit of a Twitter spat myself with with with, with Everton fans about whether we are a bigger club than. Um, Everton, to be quite honest with you, I, I, after a couple of comments, I got bored and, and, and didn't, didn't carry it on. But, you know, it, it's it's not about being big. It's about the top. I don't, I, in fairness, would argue whether Man City are a big club because of their history. They've not got the history that Man United, Liverpool um, have, have got. But, you know, it's all... It's all, you know, like I say, big difference between top and, and, and six. We're going to say good evening there to Rob. Um, yeah, running out of players. <laughs> I think bit by bit, I think we are. Um, although we've been there before this season. Good evening to Stephen Collins. Arsenal owner is preoccupied with the American football team, the Rams, as they just moved into a new billion-pound stadium. <sighs> Moving on, let's let's move on to, to Leicester. I think that's a good idea. Uh, we have got this game coming up, uh, Craig, twelve o'clock on Sunday, uh, right in the middle of the day. But it does mean I can watch Antiques Roadshow later on. And if you did want to watch it, it's on BT Sport, Talk Sport Radio, LCFC.com, free of charge, and only if you are in the Leicester area. As somebody pointed out to me, BBC Radio Leicester. Um, we. We did a, a job on them in the first match, didn't we? Um, we got we did. a 1-0 win. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't particularly pretty, was it, from uh, from no. what I remember? I think we dug in and we and we clearly had a game plan. And then the longer the game went on, we were just hitting them on the break. You know, I think they, you know, we made some, some good substitutions um, and, and just played on the fact that they were, were a bit of an ageing team. I think he was still... Mm sorting out his team at that point. I think he got a few who were feeling a bit leggy and uh, and he used his squad magnificently and uh, uh, and we came out with a great, great win uh, from Vardy's goal, who who loves scoring against Arsenal, obviously, and uh, long may that continue. And an assist there for Munda. Sorry, Chris. Oh, sorry, did you miss that? Uh, we're both waiting for each other there. Uh, and uh, these out, you know, Alzheimer's, we're going to have to sort of watch it. We're going to have to have a script here. Uh, an assist from under. <laughs> yeah, it was a good assist, I remember rightly. Mm. Um, and a great ball, I think, from from Tielemans, who, who picked out his run. Yeah. I think it was a, a run very similar to a run that Salah uh, made for Liverpool against, um, against Ricardo uh, the other week, where he saw sort of just strolls back as if he's looking to just stay on side. Then as soon as the right person gets on the ball, he spins and goes in behind. And I think Under did exactly the same against Arsenal. And Tielemans picked him out. Lovely first-time ball across from uh, from Under onto Jamie's head. Mm. 
I mean, looking, and I know we did this in, in, in the first round of games, you know, we we haven't got a strong history against Arsenal in the Premier League. Played them no. 29 times, won five of those and drawn six. But recent history shows we are being on a bit of a bogey team. We've only lost one in the last five games. In, and that was the League Cup when, let's be honest with you, the start of this, you know, I don't think we were too bothered about that, were we? <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, yeah, re recently we've we've started to pick up against them. Uh, I, I went to, um, to the first time I went to to the Emirates um, was I think it was the season after we we won the league and we were first game up on Sky that night. Mm. I think we lost four three to a last minute Giroud goal, um, but even then oh, we put up a really yeah. You know, it was the only time I've, I've heard any noise. Uh, in the Emirates Stadium, apart from the fake noise that uh, that's on at the minute, um, but you know, that, then we showed the mentality that we were a much better team than we used to be, and that we can hold our hold our own against these so-called bigger clubs. And I think we've just gone from strength to strength, and we're losing that sort of inferiority complex against most of these teams now. You know, maybe it's still there against uh, Man City, and it's still there a little. bit bit against Liverpool. Yes, we came out with a with a really good win, but we sat back a little bit too much for me. But against the likes of Arsenal and Spurs, I think we go into it with a head out high now and the, the, the fact that they should worry more about us than we do about them. Indeed, and I'll just go back. I remember I was, I was down the um, pub with my brother. My brother, my son, I should say, sorry. And uh, it was um, a, a room full of German Arsenal fans, would you believe, that had come oh, over... Yeah, on 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 a on a trip, and you know, it was um, a lot of banter going on. Should we just put it that way? It was a bit of a ding dong. I think that was the first ever Friday night Premier League game, wasn't it? It was. It was the uh, yeah. They decided to start the season on a Friday night with that live, mm. live game, and I think we were we were on the following year against Manchester United on the Indeed. the first game of the season on a Friday night as well. But no, it was it was, it was it was really good. Well. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really good performance from us. You know, there was a couple of dodgy uh, refereeing decisions, so nothing really changes. No, indeed not. It's just now we have a moan about VAR rather than about about the refs. Something yeah. I said post um, post game uh, at the weekend was: Would the real Leicester stand up? Because <laughs> the performance that we had was. Sublime, you know. I mean, I know they didn't have a Grealish, etc., etc. But the performance that that came out in that game was one that we seemed to be missing in the Wolves game, in the Brighton Cup game for seventy-five minutes against Liverpool, and definitely against Slavia Prague. Although you know, yeah. you, some people blame the pitch and what have you. It get as a fan, it gets so frustrating when we know we can put that sort of performance in. And yet, the same mm. as good as the same team the following week, we don't. I think mm. if we if we put the performance on we did against Villa, we could beat anybody. Yeah, but I, I think even in that game, possibly, you know, we we like that in games. That first 20, 25 minutes, we were virtually unstoppable against Villa. You know, we created numerous chances. We could have been four up. You know, reminiscent of the old four nil in fifteen minutes against Derby all, all those years Indeed. ago. Um, yes, we came out. We came out the blocks, um, and you know, I noticed um, 
I think it was five minutes in. Now, five minutes in the total of a game doesn't sound a long time, but when you're watching it from the kickoff, five minutes, they didn't get in our half. We totally mm. penned them in. Great start, but again, we can't maintain it, you know, and that's the problem. We we allowed Villa to dictate the pace a little bit second half. Having said that, it was a bit like, uh, you know, a boxer just having his, uh, having his glove in the opponent's face, keeping them at arm's length. So they had a lot of ball, had a lot of huff and puff, but... Again, I don't think Schmeichel had too much to do. And that seems to be a recurring theme at the minute, that we we do let the opposition have the ball and try and play on the break. But we are pretty defensively strong and, and, and keep them away from Schmeichel's goal. But it would be great to see those 20-minute bursts extended to a full half or even in both halves of a game. Because when we are playing like that, yeah, nobody could live with us. No. We managed at least not to concede right at the death against Villa, which was uh, which was something they have a history of getting these yeah. ninety second, ninety third minute goals against us. And I, I, I was out the room. I was, uh, I think I, I'd gone to the club, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like five minutes extra time, you know, injury time, and like uh, it was a case though. For once, we we, we held our concentration. We did, and you know what we're like. You know, we're not the best at defending set pieces and corners. And uh, as long as the ball's down there, every time you see it go out for a corner, you sort of fear the worst. And I mean, yeah. we gave that free kick away right at the death. Uh, you know, they're frustrating as a fan, aren't they? The, the silly free yeah. kicks that we give away at the death. Um, but I think Watkins was probably about the only time he got his head to a ball and it was well wide. So in general terms, we defended it uh, pretty well. And I've got to say, I think... Soyuncu coming back in has made a, a big difference there. I think he has a much bigger presence in the box than Fafana. And that's, you know, that's only to be understandable because Fafana's new and he probably allows himself to get roughed up a little bit too much so he doesn't attack the ball. Um, yeah. But he'll learn when he comes back. Uh, but Soyuncu's a bit of a, a wily old fox and, uh, and, and he gets his retaliation in first. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I was actually reading something on, I think it was the, uh, from The Athletic again, and it was when Ryan Giggs was just starting to play and he was getting kicked about on the left wing. And he went over to Brian Robson, who was the captain, and said, oh, God, he, he's having, he's calling me all these names. He's threatening me. He's getting booted. And he went, Brian Robson went, play in the middle for, for you know, 10 minutes. And Robson went out on the wing. He came back after 10 minutes. He went, you'll be all right now. <laughs> 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 oh, you, you can get away with that these days. But that, yeah. that, that, free kick, that free kick that you mentioned at the end, I mean, my heart was in my mouth because I can remember the Arsenal game in the um, in the Championship winning year. Mm-hmm. And it was one all, and Welbeck hadn't yeah. scored for God knows how long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, free kick right at the death from, from the tank, and uh, it was Wazleski. Yeah. And yeah. neither free kick, as <laughs> most of his were, and of course they, they, they went and scored. So that was going through my mind. So Unchu, yes, yeah. I agree, he, he has got a presence about him. Yeah. I still have to have a spare pair of underpants when he's playing because he does like he does like to try and go around a player. Should we put it like that nicely? Yeah. I mean, who who doesn't love a Cruyff turn in your own box? I mean, let's face it. <laughs> You know. 99.9% of the home fans, probably. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's, uh, he's, let's just say he plays with confidence. Mm. 
I think that's the polite way of of putting it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's just aside. But we have, you know, I I can remember we were sort of saying how good our defence has become over the you know under Rogers. But I always feel we have got a goal in us, as in letting a goal in. You know, it, it's. If we keep a clean sheet, I, I don't. I don't often go into a game expecting us to keep a clean sheet. But that's no, fair. I mean, thinking about your, well, no, I think thinking about your score predictions, I don't think you've you've ever gone for us to get zero against us. <laughs> um, you probably got the score right this week, didn't you, Chris? But let's let's if that's the case, let's move quickly on. Um, <laughs> no, I think we've. I think we've always. Uh, yeah, we're always liable to to, to let one in, and I th think. You know, mainly that comes from the fact that we we are susceptible to to free kicks and, and corners and balls mm. into the box. In open play, we're pretty well organised. And I've got to say, um, you know, for all that fantastic start we had against Villa, we could have easily gone a goal behind. But for a fantastic block by uh, young Luke Thomas um, mm. early in that game, and I thought he had he had a great game. To be fair, Luke Thomas, I think he, I think he's almost like his coming of age game. Um, in that yeah. one, you know, it was a, it was a brave shout, I think, by um, by Brendan to put him in and and double up on the right hand side with the two right backs. But he showed that he had confidence in him, and I think he grew. Uh, you know, I thought he had a great game. I must admit, I've just checked. I actually went for the Villa. I went for two 0 to Leicester. <laughs> was... Oh, did you? Of course, because I agreed with you. Didn't I? Yeah, you did. How stupid. You did. Of I, well, you know, more fool you. That's all I can say. But yeah, it's not often I go for a, for a nil, but I did with that one. And you see what what happens when I when I do that. I mean, going in and looking at the performance as we as we go into this game, you know, Arsenal. Yeah, okay, they got the win against Leeds. You know that that's not impossible this this season. Uh, but you know, and okay, losing to Man City again. I mean, you know, again, that's no disgrace. But you know, losing to Wolves, losing to Aston Villa, just drawing Man United. Those are games that they should be winning. We are going in with the better form. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you you say that based on Arsenal being a big club again. If you yeah. put that on their form this season, you wouldn't necessarily say that they should be beating those teams because their form doesn't dictate or show that they, they have any right to do so. So they are a little bit up and down. Um, you know, goals have, uh, have, have been, you know, they got four against Leeds, which was, uh, which was great. But apart from that, they've not been sort of free-flowing. You know, I think, I think they're, they're definitely a team in transition. Um He's got this blend now of uh, of a few uh, experienced players, but he's given youth its head with Saka and uh, Emil Smith Rowe, who I, I think is a is a great player. I like the way that he, he sort of carries the ball, um, but he's still not sure. I mean, Lacazette spends as much time on the bench um, as he does on the floor, um, so you know you, you you do wonder where the uh, where the goals are, are coming from against Arsenal. Uh, for Arsenal, sorry, you know. Hopefully, I won't come to eat my words, but I think we've got more than enough to nullify the threats that they have. To be honest, and uh, I'm pretty confident about this one. And you know, look again. You know, like you say, the table doesn't lie, and 
like I said at the, uh, at the start of the show, if you're looking for Tottenham and the guy's got his binoculars out there trying to find them, there they are. <laughs> and and I've, I've done this specifically for the Opposition View show on on uh, on Friday and uh, when we were joined by an Arsenal fan. Um, yet they are down there in tents and, you know, 25 games played. You know, we're in the home stretch now and, you know, yes. they are... Like say 15 points behind us. Is, is that 15? Mm. Yeah, 15 yes, points 15. behind us. Yeah, there's I mean, Chelsea have come back, and I think that's um, don't know whether that's going to last. I mean, obviously, any new manager comes in, you do get a little bit of a of a of a boost. Um, mm -hmm. but there is a bit, I mean, you know, to, to sixth place and 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 Liverpool, and I don't want to sort of tempt fate after what happened last season, but. You know, nine points clear of the place that doesn't qualify for Europe. Yeah, I mean, I think you're almost looking at a, a you know, a, a, a top seven chasing six places at the minute. Um, but you know, it's going to be such a disappointment if we if we end up down in the Europa League again. What I would be interested in, and maybe I, I know we have a few uh, people who watch this and, and know their stuff. Um, you know, let's for instance, if Manchester United won the Europa League, would that Champions League space go down to fifth? Um, so you know, there may be almost a safety net uh, there as well. You know, I wouldn't want us to be looking at that, but there is that possibility as well. I, I believe um, I could be totally wrong. It has been known, um, but <laughs> surely said, not. Surely not. <laughs> um, as I said, I think last week. You know, I think top four is is the aim uh, against everything else because it would be looked on as a failure. You know, at the start of the season, fifth place would have still been a, a very good performance again. The fact that we've been in the top four the whole season, the fact that we lost it last season at the death, Brendan has got to be thinking that top four um, is, is what he's aiming for now. And you know we have got that little uh, that little bit of a, a buffer, as it were. Yeah, Chelsea are the worry at the minute. They're coming back. They're they're on a good run at the moment. They're not leaking goals, and we know they've got goals in them. So you know you could say again it's five going for, for four spots. But it'd be interesting to know about the, the the Europa League whether that would nudge the Champions League places down to fifth. It it would. And do you think we? Um... Have learnt from last year. I mean, you know, we were we're talking. We've got an experienced manager here. Um, you know, maybe you know we 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 didn't give him enough credit for what he achieved at um, at Celtic. Looking at what has happened to sort of Neil Lennon, um, yeah. but yeah, surely surely we have um, you know learnt. I would have thought. I think so. I think what you're seeing now, and whether we like it or not, I know. You know, a, a lot of uh, fans are probably like me when he sees some of the substitutions. I think what he is now is more pragmatic and he's actually seeing games out. You know, in the end, I think against Villa, we probably had every defensive midfielder in the club actually on the pitch um, at the same time because he was he got to a point where Madison had gone off. Um, thanks, Stephen, for uh, confirming that. Uh, yeah, we know the, know the Europe. Europa winner goes into it is whether that nudges it down to the fifth team uh, would go into the Champions League if, for instance, us or Manchester United won it and 
finish top four. But just going back to um, whether we've uh, learned anything, I, I think we have. I think he, he knows now that, you know, we can see games out. And I think if mm. we can nudge ourselves in front, um, I think that, that's what he's looking for. You know, as I say, last 15 minutes we had uh, we had uh, Mendy, we had Ndidi, we had Hamza on the pitch just protecting what we've got. So I think he knows how important every three points are now. And I think he's come out and said it, that, that, that we've learned from it. And I think it shows that we've learned from it. And I think that the, the players have got that in there. They don't want to be part of throwing it away again as well. And Tielemans has, has come out and uh, said a couple of things this week as well. So I think, I think we've learned from it. It would have left a nasty taste last season. And I'm sure that they don't want to taste that again. They don't want to be, you know, forever branded as the team that bottled it twice, which, you know, exactly. to be honest with you, they would do. Exactly. Mad, uh, Mad Jason, good evening. I'm very well. I I'm, think Craig is very well. Um, I am. Thank you, Matt. I'll give you all too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like Stephen said there, the Europa winner goes into the Champions League. See how that affects, like you say, further down. Do we get the extra space given to us? I mean, you know, you've got to look at the teams that are in the Europa League, uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. You know, if we if we bring that table back up again, um, you know, Tottenham are down there in ninth, Arsenal are tenth. Yeah. They may well be targeting the Europa League, but that's, that's dangerous dangerous you know play to to do that and on their form there's no guarantee that they're going to uh i mean yes they both had very good results midweek but they're not they're not in the, you know i don't think they're in the favorites to win it no not at all but i i think I, I i don't think either of those clubs whether they'd come out and actually say it uh is another thing but i don't think jose or arteta are thinking that they can get into the top four um, realistically, so they would be uh, targeting the Europa League. Um, obviously, if we get through uh, this round as well, you know, you're going to have uh, Arsenal, Spurs, us and Manchester United all in the Europa League into the last 16 and um, we can all get drawn against each other. So um, that might mm. change things as well. There's no protection. But I, was you know, I think they will be... Sorry, Chris. No, I, was, I, forget, I was forgetting Man United was still in there, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And that, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, that, that if Manchester United end up winning the Champions League and finish second or third, that may that's that's more of the, the chance that that Champions League qualification in the Premier League will go down to a fifth spot. So there is a little bit of a, a buffer there if that yeah. if that were the case. But none of us want to be at the end of the season clinging on to a a vain little bit of hope that uh, that Man United might win the Europa League. Indeed, indeed we don't. Right, so this weekend's game, and just to give everybody a bit of a heads up, we're going to we're trying something different on Leicester Till I Die TV. Is that we're going to be trying to do a watch along. So join us for that if you can. I know there's there's two or three out there, but uh, we know we're just going to have a bit of fun. Uh, Josh is going to be doing it with me. We're we're not going to be doing commentary. We're not going to be John Watson, Watson, and you know, so the A's passing to B and B's passing to. C. We're just going to see, be real fans. If we can watch it on the telly and have sound on with us, uh, well, you might want to have the beeper ready. To be honest with you, depending how it's going, it's that time of the night. Every uh, it always comes around when Craig picks his formation and his team. What I want guys to do that are watching. Um, 
get your score predictions in because we'll be looking at score predictions after this. Now, Craig, I know uh, it's always awkward at the moment to do this because we have got a game beforehand and that can throw things out. And, you know, the rumours are that there's going to be, you know, we know Madders isn't going to be available for tomorrow night. Are you presuming that therefore he, he won't be available possibly for Saturday, uh, for Sunday, sorry? From from everything I, I've heard, um, I, I don't think he will be, to be honest. Um, Brendan came out and said that uh, Madison was down um, with uh, the club doctor seeing specialists in London yesterday, and they were down there again today getting a second opinion. Now, the thought process is that he doesn't need an operation, but they are talking about how they should handle it and how they should treat it, this, this sort of ongoing problem that he's got. Um, yeah. So for me, that means that that's two days that he's not been involved in training. Um, I'd be surprised, to be honest, if he was risked. Uh, maybe he'll make the bench, but I think if there's any little doubt, I don't think you would risk at this time of the season playing him we've against seen, Arsenal. So uh, I'm taking that into account. We've seen Rodgers doesn't like to rush players back at, at anyway, which, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have probably a bit of controversy as we get further into the team, but the back four is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Well, the back five, if you like, if you want to include the defensive midfielder. Like you say, mm. Luke Thomas almost came of, you know, it was his coming-of-age game, if anything. I thought him and Harvey Barnes down that left-hand side absolutely mm. clicked together. It was a joy to watch. Mm. Little... Little passes to between each other. It, it was, you know, almost as they say, telepathic. But it was a great pairing down that side. Yeah, they seem to be working really well together. You know, they're although the, you know Barnes made the breakthrough first. They're they're of a similar age, I think. Um, so they would have played a lot together coming through the system. Um, yeah. And and I think I think Thomas is uh, is growing in confidence. I mean, what we've got now is uh, obviously. You know, we're getting injuries, so uh, Brendan's having to to be clever about what he does. The number of games, the number of uh, injuries that we've got. He's like a a chef in the kitchen, and um, he's trying to prepare something, and half of his utensils are broken. So he's got to try and mend and make do, and that's what he's having to do with the team. You know, he's he's got to get a blend right that actually works where people feel comfortable without moving too many people out of position. But for me, that back four now, you know, I think there would have been a, a debate about uh, Luke Thomas, you know, whether he would go and put Pereira back uh, and move Castagna across. But I think um, Villa game put, put all those the, the worries about that aside. Again, you know, we have got a game tomorrow night, so I expect that he'll probably play Thomas in that. So we don't know whether he, he, he wants to push him into two games in, in three or four days. But uh, but I, I think that, um, that back four, is, is pretty solid there and with Ndidi in front of it as a solid back line I don't think you know we can look at James Justin automatically coming back in if, if Thomas keeps his performance up that's true I mean uh, I mean it's unfortunate for, for, for him you know I, I think if he'd have carried on this uh, trajectory that he has this season he would have been you know having a, a shout of a, a place in the Europa uh, in the European Championship squad with England he was sort of nailed on almost for player of the year as well. He was fantastic. So it's really, 
unfortunate for him as an individual. Yes, it's it's bad for us as Leicester fans, but as an individual, you know, it's it's really harsh for him. And I can't see us seeing him this season um, if it's a similar injury to the one that Ricardo had, unfortunately. Rob has, Rob has asked a very good question, and I'm going to come on to this now. Why have you flipped Ricky and Castagna? And I think that's where they played against Villa, wasn't it? Almost possibly as a, as a as a counter addition to Grealish down that side. But again, I thought they played well together. Yeah. Can you just flip the team back up? Yeah, it's coming back up here. Yeah, so that's that's how he played it against Villa, didn't he? He had uh, Castagna yeah, as yeah. a right back and then Ricardo yeah. as, the, uh, as the right midfielder. So... Um, you had me I, I, doubting myself then. I thought I'd put them the wrong way round. Well, that's it. I was, I was just, uh, I was just checking that. Um, but I think, I think, and again, I think Brendan came out and made some uh, some valid points about why he did that. Was that um, he feels that Castagna is a better runner without the ball, so his off the ball runs as overlaps are stronger than Ricardo, whereas Ricardo likes to get on the ball and he's more likely to to dip inside. And that's the reason that he did it that way. Um, whereas if Castagna, you know, you want your right-sided midfield player to be on the ball. So, you know, if Castagna is a great runner off the ball, that's not really going to work. So I think that's why he did it. And, you know, there was no reason to actually change that. So that's I've, I've stuck with that. I think, I mean, you know, there's no, there's no all Brighton, which is surprising because he hadn't done anything wrong. He isn't injured. He may well start tomorrow night, though. But we still... Under still the big sort of mystery. <laughs> yeah, you've, I don't think you've picked under once this season. To be honest with you, I think I may have picked him once, uh, but Brendan decided not to. For I don't know, he must have his own reasons. But uh, did you not know who you are? I, I don't think so. To be honest, I think I'm losing track of who I am. Um, I think the thing with under is that he's not had enough game time to actually know that he can that, that he can do a better job than the players who are being yeah. picked in front of him. It's a bit of a catch twenty two. You know, it would be lovely that he actually gets a game tomorrow night to you know to show what he can do. And as we've seen, he's been more suited to European games. Um, so you know, maybe he will get a chance tomorrow night. You know, we 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 saw that uh, that he didn't play. Um, Ricardo in the first leg so I'm expecting that he probably won't play him in this one either uh, so I think Under may have a chance or as you say it may be all Brighton but having said that he's got to juggle his pack he's got to juggle his utensils and uh, uh, and make sure that he, he he gets a decent recipe of a team that uh, that can um, I hope that's that can win us the game I hope that's not a euphemism for anything <laughs> there juggling <laughs> utensils on the side of the pitch Rob now I don't know whether I was perhaps watching a different game. Robbie saying Ricky played right back against Villa. Um, not the game I saw. Daniel played right back, did he not? Yeah. I think Rob. Yeah. I think. You were, yeah. Were you were you sort of stood on your head as you were watching the game? <laughs> I mean, obviously they, they they probably swapped as you know as the game went on because obviously that you've got that Castagna goes forward, Ricky can drop into. Thing. And obviously there was changes made during the game, and I, for the life of me, can't remember who came off, who came off, etc. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I think definitely Castagna was the right back. This is going to be the interesting thing. Clear the decks, get your fingers poised, everybody. 
on the keyboard keep it clean please let's have a look we've got barnes on the left we've got like you say uh ricky on the right and in the middle oh who have you gone for here tillemans obviously yes in there <laughs> have i typed that right yeah so tillemans so uh, hear me out for, for me where madison has been playing in the last few games is much closer to vardy he's been playing almost tillemans and indeed you've been sitting back and we've been playing with one in front in that little number 10 pocket um so madison has been much further forward for me Acho likes finding little pockets of space and i think he can be that and he can be that link to vardy the alternative to that is is one that i don't like now i, I can't see him bringing under into that role he, he, he doesn't seem to like playing him in his proper position on the wing so i can't see him putting him in there um you know he, he damn well might do now just to to, to show me up <laughs> Just to spite you personally, Craig. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, forget the league, just doing it to, to spite me. Um, but the alternative for me is that you push Tielemans forward, so you, you then lose Tielemans from that deeper-lying playmaker role, the quarterback almost, as he's becoming, and you end up playing another defensive midfielder. So it's either Hamza or, or Mendy comes in, and then we're playing with two defensive midfielders and someone who's playing a little bit out of position. So for me... If you're going like for like, you want someone to fill that little number 10 role, dropping off the back line, playing in little pockets, getting the ball to feet. I think Ian Acho is our best bet at doing that out of the other options that we've got. Very, very well put. Um, Rob, did Daly, I'm going to come back to this again, Daly right back. Castagna left, Thomas left half. <laughs> is that what you want? I don't think Daly, Daly, Daly didn't even play against Villa, so I'm presuming that's what you're thinking, Rob, rather than, than what it was. Mm. And Daly, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he I think I'm certain that he'll be on the bench. Just going back, though, to your team. Yeah, I mean, he, played, he, played, he played him against um, Slavia Prague, didn't he, I think? Oh, no, he played mm. him against Brighton, didn't he, in the Cup? It was Brighton that he yeah. played Daly. Yeah. Uh, Stephen... Um, Stephen, yeah. no, um, Nacho is suspended for the Slavia Prague, but not for the Arsenal game. Um, now, I can see very, very much where you came in. Brendan was very much in the transfer window, saying he wanted an attacking midfielder. He wanted an attacking midfielder. Maybe now, yeah. and I, I was sort of like, why? Why, what, what? <laughs> but who else, like you say, could we put that we know of well, there might be a youth team yeah. player we, we don't know of but who do we know of that could possibly do that like you say there isn't anybody and nacho and vardy have played up front together before and he does like to hold the ball up doesn't he nacho yeah yeah i think i think he gets a hard time sometimes because he, he misses chances but he is a confidence player but I think if you if you're pushing Tielemans up there, I, th I think we just lose a goal threat. Uh, mm. And against Arsenal, I, I think we've got to be on the front foot and we've got to play attacking football. And I don't want us to lose our goal threat. And I think with Madison being out, Tielemans isn't the same kind of player. Um, you know, to to be making those runs up alongside Madison because as I say, he's becoming a quarterback. So I don't think I think maybe if he was fit, he, he may have put Perez in there. 
but he's not fit. So for me, it's the natural the natural person to just put into that role, not nec- not as a playmaker, but to be there as a little attacking threat, dropping into pockets, all centre halves, particularly you know the Arsenal one. The, the Arsenal centre halves are old fashioned centre halves, really. Mm. I know they've got the young uh, young um, uh, Gabriel, the the Brazilian, but they're quite quite physical centre-halves who like marking people. You know, if you've got someone who's dropping off into a, into a pocket, that causes a problem for them. They don't know whether a deep-lying midfielder should pick him up, whether the centre-half should come out. So I think it could cause a nice little problem. Uh, and we know that Ian Acho can turn. I mean, the, the turn that he did for James Justin's goal um, against Fulham was mm. exactly the type of area where Madison would be when he got that ball yeah. on the turn and then played in... Uh, played in Madison himself. So I think he's more than capable of doing that. Well, somebody agreed with you there anyway. But no, you you uh, like you say, I, I completely see why why you did that. And it'll be interesting to see if he does, because like you say, we, we, we are struggling. So just to finally finish then, um, we're going to look at a score. Now, you'd be surprised at what I've gone for here, but... Don't forget, guys, on our website, leicestertillidie.com. It's down there at the bottom, just underneath Craig. Um, every week we get the ex-Foxes, uh, Steve Linux, who usually joins us on, on, on these shows, but he's at working tonight. Big, big Ian, Marshy, and Steve Walsh, and myself try and get the score right. We don't usually do very, very well. Craig comes in with his prediction on the preview night. He doesn't do very, very well either, to be honest with you. Neither of us would – no wonder we don't win the lottery, I tell you. But (laughs) it's quite interesting here because Steve, Ian and myself have all gone for 2-1. Steve has gone for a draw, but I think he's playing devil's advocate because he knows – that uh, he's only got one right all season. So he, um, he's going on, on that basis, I think. So three two ones and a 1-1. One, one. I've gone back to my 2-1, because like I said, I think we, we, we can concede. Craig used to like a 3-1, but what are you going to go for, Craig? Well, I think if you're going back to your 2-1s, I, I, I have to go back to my 3-1. As... Uh... As the, uh, the the viewer there says, on to Leicester, I, I, I have to agree. So, 3-1, excellent shout. Yes, I thought, I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that. Well, I, I'm, I'd be quite happy, to be honest with you, if you were right. <laughs> it so would, would be ab- 3-1 would be absolutely amazing. And, of course, we mustn't uh, forget a, a quick shout-out for West Brom. Thanks for the uh... – oh, no, they didn't draw with United, did they? United beat them in the end. No. No, no, that was that was right. There were, uh, I think, yes. points. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's doing us any favours. We're going to have to do it ourselves. The, this is, the, the thing I've noticed very, very quickly about this season is, though, we're not when other teams are actually drawing rather than winning. We've not shot ourselves in the foot as much as we normally do. No, we've not. We've had a couple of uh, draws when we would have hoped to get it, but. Um, but no, we've not. We've we've managed to grind out the results like we did against Villa. I was a little bit worried about the Villa game, even though Grealish wasn't playing, you know. Mm. And uh, and we did a thoroughly professional job. And I think that's where it's showing that we have learnt. You know, we're we're a professional, you know, top five, top six, top fourteen yeah. now that we can actually yeah. see a game out. Brilliant. 
Craig, thank you so much for uh, as always for joining us, and I'm uh, I'm sure Brendan's been watching and he's made a little note of your team, and uh, I I will expect him. I will expect nothing less than him to do exactly what you've what you've said. Me too. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much, mate. Stay safe. Uh, I will see you next Cheers. Wednesday. Take care. Thank thanks, you. Chris. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks to Craig there. Um, he knows his stuff. He knows a lot more than me. But then again, I've got to be honest with you, that's not hard. That's not hard at all. Um, yep, come to the end of the show. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for joining in. Remember that this is going to be on YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV. Please, please give that subscribe button a link and help us get our numbers up. If you want to listen back to it while you're washing the car or doing anything else, uh, while you listen to your podcasts, we are on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and Google, and all under Lester Till I Die. It's going to be a busy week coming up. I've got to be honest with you. We have got the match tomorrow. So at seven, about ten past seven, we'll be doing the pre-match with Josh. We've then got, obviously, the match to, to watch. Hopefully enjoy. Oh, it's all down to next. It's all down to the one game. We uh, we didn't concede away, but we didn't score either. So it's a, a nil-nil. It's all down. And away goals count. No extra time. No penalties. 90 minutes. If it's 1-1, 2-2, we are out. We know what we've got to do. We've got to win. It's as simple as that. Oh, nothing to worry about, really, eh? <laughs> and then, of course, the post-match show with Josh at about 10.40. Friday, we will be here with the uh, Opposition View show when I'll be chatting to a gooner and having a bit of banter with him. And then at the weekend, Sunday, we will be looking at... Um, Again, the pre-match, we'll be doing a watch-along, like I say, for the uh, Arsenal game. Join us for that. be nice. Have a bit of a laugh, have a bit of a drink, and enjoy ourselves watching the match. Guys, take care of yourselves. First, thing, first things first, we'll see you tomorrow, and we will see you at about 10 past 7, and let's hope that that Arsenal fan is as mad as he was at the start of the show. Take care, guys. Stay safe. See you tomorrow. Good night now. Leicester Till I Die podcast on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye, and see you next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.